Our scripture today is from two passages. The first is Isaiah 61, verses 1 to 4 and 8 to 11. And the second is Luke chapter 1, verse 46b to 55. The verse, uh, the scripture reading from Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance for our Lord, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the plantings of the Lord, to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants shall be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge that they are a people whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. And the verse out of Luke chapter 1. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Can we give thanks to God today for the type of God we serve, especially in light of that scripture today? That's a good God, right? (laughs) That's a really, really good God. And I am grateful that both you and I as brothers and sisters in Christ get the opportunity to serve uh, that God right there. My name is Donovan, one of the pastors here at Ebenezer Church. And oh, how merry it is and how joyful I feel to be in worship with each and every one of you this Sunday. We are in week three of Advent. That's right. We're in week three of Advent. We're also in week three of our message series, Christmas Playlist. So that means up next, track three on your playlist, on your record, on your disc, on your MP3 player, whatever it is you have. You can turn to joy to the world because we all could use some joy. Amen. Whether that's in our own personal world or in the world at large, we all need a little bit of joy. Discovering joy can sometimes seems like a pursuit that is just out of reach for some of us. I don't know about you. 
It seems like it's a far reach that sometimes it's arriving late to us in our lives or our circumstances. And sometimes it seemingly can be absent from our lives. If you're not like that person, maybe you're like this one where joy is right in your reach. You can almost grab it or it is a constant presence in your life. You see, everyone resonates with joy in different ways. We all resonate and have different relationship with this relationships with this thing called joy, this dynamic of joy. We all resonate with it uniquely. But yet, regardless of where one stands on the spectrum of joy, joy has a profound effect in our lives. And I believe that the hymn or the carol, like we sang today, has the ability to induce power in our lives as well. It invokes a sense of anticipation for a profound joy that is destined to grace each and every one of our lives, each and every one of us. This timeless hymn and carol serves as a touching reminder that God's love is amidst us in our lives. And that wherever you are on your journey, there exists this encompassing joy waiting to be embraced in front of you. It encourages us to seek the subtle yet significant, significant signs of God's divine presence, beckoning us to prepare our hearts for the unfolding of something much larger than ourselves. In essence, joy to the world calls upon us to recognize the abundance of joy around us. Encouraging and encouraging us in an unhurried search for the blessing that is in our midst. It urges us as well to attune our spirits to the subtle nuances of joy and to prepare ourselves for the great things that God is up to in us, in our smaller worlds and in the world at large. Amen. Pray with me. God, I thank you so much for your joy. I thank you so much for your love today and the love that we have for each other and the love that we have for you. God, love on us today. Give us a little bit of that joy that you promise us. And let this message, God, that you have for us revealed through these words in Scripture do something deep in our hearts. Something that a pastor like me was never able to do, but God, you could do in the heart of every human present today. God, we thank you and we love you in Christ's name. Amen. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. You thought I was going to sing that, didn't you? Ah, ah, ah. Not here. There's another singing pastor on staff. (laughs) Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes his nation prove the glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love. I got to tell you, the Carol Joy to the World is perhaps one of the most popular songs in the Christmas tide season. When it is, uh, this uh, famous carol and hymn was composed by Isaac Watts in 19, I mean 1719, a time where none of you all were thought of. I can say that now. Feels good. You weren't born yet. You weren't even thought of. (laughs) Isaac Watts in 1719 did so without the intentions of it becoming one of the greatest Christmas carols of our day. 
Isaac Watts was an English minister and hymn writer, and he had a robust love for composing hymns, and he loved leading worship for and with his congregation. After many years of leading worship in his congregation and for his congregation, he began to notice people's attitudes and their disposition in worship as they sang along with the songs that they knew and that he had written. He had noticed that they were not as enthused about the words that they were singing, not at this church. So he decided to do something about it. He decided to write a hymn that would for sure get people moving, not only in their bodies, but would also get their heart and their spirits turning also. That people will be filled with the hope that people will be filled with this overwhelming sense of joy in their lives when they think about the grandeur of God's activity in the world, all past, present and future. From then on, this hymn, Joy to the World, has been turned into one of the primary Christmas carols and hymns and songs that foster the Christmas tide season. This carol, like many, have dozens of renditions and covers and remixes that gives everyone their own individual taste according to personality of how you like to resonate and sing this particular song. It's been done by the greats like Faith Hill and Johnny Cash, Mariah Carey, Nat King Cole, and so many more. See, I know I have my personal favorite rendition or remix of Joy to the World, but first I want to hear yours. Let me get three of them. What is your favorite version of Joy to the World? If you're watching us online, you share there in the chat, but come on, give me three. What is your favorite version of Joy to the World? Christmas vacation, right on, right on. Let me get two more. What's your favorite rendition? Rendition. Say it again. Tommy Brother. Prophet. Tommy Prophet. Tommy Prophet. All right. One more. What's y'all's favorite rendition of Joy to the World? Don't make Preston mad this morning. <laughs> Our choir. Amen. The Ebenezer Choir and Worship Band. Amen. Right on. Well, I would say that those are some of my favorite too, but my absolute favorite undeniably is the version by Whitney Houston from the movie The Preacher's Wife. Side note again, I just want to say Whitney Houston as a preacher's wife makes it hard for pastor spouses because that's a high bar. <laughs> I mean, come on, right? I mean, <laughs> that's a high bar. <laughs> If you have not seen the movie, the movie is a 1996 remake of the 1947 movie, The Bishop's Wife. And it involves an angel played by Denzel Washington, (laughs) who comes to help a struggling pastor and many more within their community. You see, I love to, I love this movie. It's one of my favorite during the Christmas tide season. And I have the opportunity of watching it not only one time, but multiple times throughout the Christmas season. It's one of my favorites because it represents not only my favorite rendition of Joy to the World, but it also gives us an honest look at some of the re- uh, honest look of some of the realities we face during the Christmas tide season. What Christmas can look like for some of us when times are not so joyful. It gives us an honest look at what our lives are filled with, what our hearts are like when we can't see joy or when joy is not within our reach. When we don't feel that rousing of joy in our own hearts and in our own spirits and lives, it gives us a deep and real reality of what that's like. For example, and watch the movie later, 
a pastor trying to revive a struggling and dying church and congregation. A mother who has too much on her plate along with children who are losing their way. A man with an incredible heart for service and willingness, but finds himself lonely during the holiday season because he's without a love. Men and women alike trying to kick bad habits. A businessman who's wound it up in a ball of greed. And a lovely couple who've been married for years find themselves losing the spark and fire in their marriage. The not so joyful times during the Christmas tide season. All these things and many more take place in the movie and everybody's lives seems to be too busy or unraveling or lacking a deep sense of hope. They're looking for that element of joy. But that's until... God sends them a sign, answers their prayers, and sends them help, a sign of salvation for them through an angel. God comes alongside them, answers their prayers, and helps them to reclaim their lost faith, and then also helps them to experience God's message of love during the holiday season. This movie, for me, points to the reality of why we need a Christmas carol-like joy to the world. And that is, throughout our lives and in this season, little things, major events, and unexpected circumstances can sometimes eat away at the joy in our lives, forcing us to feel frustrated and hopeless and in need of some real deep joy. Although it's a movie, it couldn't be more true because I think it's what we experience too in our everyday life and in our own smaller world. In our own smaller world and personal lives and in the world at large, life too, like in the movie, can be frustrating. It can be busy. It can be scary. It can be uncertain. It can be confusing. But despite it all, God still has a plan to show up and meet us where we are. And with a heart that is open to God's help and a heart that is open to trusting God, it can bring about a deep sense of joy in us. The excitement around God showing up and doing something great is what I think Isaac Watts, the composer of Joy to the World, was up to. It's what I think was going through his mind along with trying to get uh, his congregants boogieing. was to inspire their hearts and their spirits a little bit more when they think about the grand nature of God and how much God does for us, to us, and with us, and through us in our lives. Isaac Watts composed Joy to the World, and Watts used as a bedrock and inspiration for this hymn in Christmas Carol, Psalm 98, as he thought it was profound and prolific, but then it was also this incredible scripture that excites, that incites joy. Here are the words. Sing a new song to the Lord, for the Lord has done wonderful deeds. His right hand has won a mighty victory. His holy arm has saving power. The Lord has announced his victory and has revealed his righteousness to every generation. He has remembered his promise and love and reminds us that he will be faithful to Israel. The ends of the earth have not seen the 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 ends of the earth have seen the victory and the joy of our Lord. You can visit that scripture. 
This, this scripture inspires us to sing a brand new song and not our former song of hopelessness, but to sing a different song, a new song in our lives for all of what God has done and is doing and will do in our world. It is understood both in the scripture, in the movie, and even in our lives that life in our world can sometimes seem insecure. We lack trust in one another. Our schedules compete with us and they sometimes consume us. There is injustice everywhere and life is full of uncertainties. But what God is up to and what God has already done each and every day is sufficient enough to bring us joy, to spark joy. And this psalm reminds us of that. It reminds us that when we, that we can trust God because God has labored over us with God's love, bringing us deliverance from harm and ruin and loss. God has salvation for us. That we can trust God because God is mindful of us and God's love towards us and for us. That we can trust God because God is faithful and unlike men, God sees things through. That we can trust God because God has not forgotten about us, although we sometimes forget about one another and even ourselves. God is faithful. It reminds us that we too can trust God because God gives us a never-ending hope. What a joy. I think that's something to get excited about. Right on, Brother Isaac. I think he was on to something using the Psalm, Psalm 98. Again, reminding us that in our daily lives, in our own personal world, and in the world at large, God is present. And to be reminded and to be, and to know deeply and to have an assurance that God is concerned. God is concerned too. God has a plan to, and God has a plan to show up and meet us where we are. He wrote it knowing, that is the hymn, that if we look toward God, the hope that is found in Jesus, we too can have and experience a hope, both future and present. And that's how God shows up in our ever-changing world. Jesus for Isaac Watts in this hymn is the sign of the mighty one, God at work among us, in us, and around us. So through the carol joy to the world, we are encouraged to have confidence in that. The sign that God gives the world that is in the person of Jesus. As Isaac Watts writes this particular scripture, he looks forward to the second coming of Jesus and said that's something to be excited about. Because Jesus is a restorer. Jesus is a redeemer. Jesus is the sign of a new day. Jesus is a new life, gives us new life. That Jesus is the sign of a brand new world. Joy. You see, Mary knew this too. Jesus is mom. <laughs> Mary knew this too. In Luke 1, 46 through 55, Mary sings this song of joy. She sang a song of joy as she was overwhelmed at how God looked at her, decided to show up in her life and do something great through her. In her song, perhaps, as she was singing it, you could imagine that she was experiencing some emotions in her life. That she was perhaps confused, that she too was uncertain about what God was doing in her life, what was happening to her, in her, with her. That she faced perhaps criticism and I'm sure frustration as well. But through it, she took this moment to focus deeply 
on what God promised God would do with and through her. And in that moment, she knew that that was a moment to stop and to offer up a praise to God. You see, Mary in this moment had just been told and given a sign by God through the Holy Spirit that through her, God will bring about salvation into the world. And in her song, she begins with God's actions in her own life and for choosing her to be the mother of the Messiah, the mighty one, her God, our God, has done great things for her. And God does great things for us. Furthermore, she perceives that God's actions in her life is consistent with God's saving work and God's saving action throughout all of human history. She's bringing it all together and that brings her joy. So she begins to praise God through the song in the scripture that we just read. And Mary's song, Mary's song extols God whose salvation transcends mere spiritual redemption. Embracing the entirety of human existence. The mighty God that she loves, that she reveres, the mighty God that we love and revere isn't just committed towards directing us towards eternal life. But the Lord, her God, our God, is also up to an exciting, redemptive, joyous work right here, right now. And it begins with us on earth. What a joy. Beyond instilling hope, this God, her God, our God, satisfies the hungry, providing not only solace to the hungry, but sustenance, something real. Rather than offering mere consolation to the downtrodden, God elevates them, granting them dignity and a place at the table, amplifying their voices in meaningful ways. Simultaneously, this God, her God, our God, exhibits strength by challenging unjust power dynamics in the world, dismantling ruling hierarchies, and humbling the mighty. Oh, does God have great plans for our world? Oh, does God have great plans for your world, your smaller world and our larger world? And these plans is good news. And this good news brings great joy. And God brings great joy to our mess. She sings about how when we were tangled and lost and hurting, frustrated and striving and exhausted, God does something great. God shows up. She also helps us to know that what God does for her, God certainly can do for us as well. I want you to know that today. That such saving acts is great news and it brings about a great joy. And these songs like Joy to the World brings us back to center. And that center is the hope of God showing up, the hope of God showing up, meeting us where we are, the hope of God showing up, meeting us where we are, and giving us what we deeply need. That's the center. There is much joy to be had in that, isn't it? Amen. Amen. <laughs> There's great joy to be had in that. And I want you to live with that deep sense of joy and that great sense of joy. And as we lead today, I want to leave you with these three reminders about joy, because I want you to get it and have it and own it. You can write this down. Number one, life can flat out be messy. When troubles arise, when we experience those little things that eat away at our joy 
or when we experience major events in our lives like a surgery, the loss of a loved one or brother, spouse or parent, when we're in the hospital, when we are without hope, when we are downtrodden, when we are lost, when we are immobile or unable, God shows up. Life can be messy. During the Christmas tide season, it is not as buttoned up as we think it should be. But when trouble arises, God hears our cries. And when we, and when God hears our cry as God hears our cry, we can trust in the mighty one just as Mary did, just as we can. That God pities us and has compassion for our every groan, every groan in the heart of every human being, including you and me. And desires to come alongside us and will give us a sign that God is right there. Just like God gave Mary a sign. And in the movie, the preacher's wife gave Whitney a sign, (laughs) gave the preacher a sign. Oh, does God want to give you a sign that joy is knocking at the door to your heart? That's number two. That life is messy, but then also God gives us a sign. Signs for us are what is what Isaac talks about in Joy to the World. The wonders of his love. The wonders of his love. The wonders, 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 wonders of his love. Sign. Sign shows up when you need it the most, like an encouraging word or when we give or receive, when we are able to share a message or hope of hope or we receive a message of hope, when we lend to people our listening ear because they need to be heard, when we are able to have compassion with them for one another, when we are able to forgive one another and have grace for the mess that is each other's lives. Amen. The wonders of God's love. The wonders of God's love that brings down the walls of division that is among us. The wonders of God's love. You see, when we need it the most in the midst of our messy life, God shows up, gives us a sign, and that is wonders of his love around us. And then number three, prepare him room. I just want to say flat out again, move stuff out the way. In your heart, there may be some stuff or some things that's crowding up your little heart. And joy can't take place there unless we move and push things to the corner of our hearts so that we can see that God wants to inspire and bring some joy there too. There may be some anger or some hate, some mistrust, unforgiveness there. There may be some pain, some pride, greed, whatever it is, it's full. But like the scripture writer and the psalm writer and the songwriter writes, prepare him room, prepare room for God to show up and do something new. Life can be messy, but there are signs of the wonders of God's love. And in light of that, my friends, I want you to prepare him room. So what's the point? Ask me. I'm glad you asked. God will show up. God will show up. So prepare room, my friends. Say joy. 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 